My name is Tammy Moniz and I'm with Surfers in Residence at the Outrigger Waikiki on the beach. And today we have a special guest here, my friend Kelly Slater. Welcome. Thank you. To Outrigger Good to Waikiki. Be here. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Thanks for coming. No it was problem. very special of you to take the time out to, you know, come here and talk with me. No problem. Yeah. Well, um, Kelly, if you guys don't know, this guy is a super special guy. Um, I know a lot of what we talk about is the history of surfing and um you know what it means to hawaii and do kanamoku and um are the kings and queens it's a sport of kings and queens but um what kelly here sitting here has done for surfing professional surfing in the last decades few decades <laughs> how many decades <laughs> been around a while I've been around hey a while. i watched tony moniz in the 80s in florida yeah. surfing contest at singer island right <laughs> that's my husband and we still you, I think you had a autographed something. Yeah? I got it. Yeah, 1980, uh, 1982, I think I got Tony's yeah. autograph. And I how old were you? You were old. 10? Yeah, I saw that little yeah. smiley face, Tony Mooney's yeah. smiley face. Well, um, what's what's special about this guy is, um, and many things are special about him, but right now, just um, he is really, for me, I've watched surfing, professional surfing transform. And um, Ke Kelly, you've been like, um, I think you were in your teenage years when I kind of, you know, started dating Tony. And so I watched you become this, you know, young star that was, that could have went on tour quickly in probably where you're 16, 17 or so. I don't know. You were pretty young. Right? I, yeah, I got on tour when I was 19. You were 19. Yeah. But you could have, I remember that you could have, but you didn't because you wanted to finish school or your mom went, what was that about? I didn't because I finished school. You know, like when oh, you're you in school, school? Well, oh. when you're in school, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, gosh, I want to go. You know, yes, I, I actually wanted to move to, to Huntington, mm. strangely enough. Not that I love Huntington Beach. No offense, Huntington Beach. But uh, uh, they had a surf program in the school. Uh, and so I thought, oh, I can go out there. I can get more surf time in. Plus, mm -hmm. there's more waves and all that kind of thing. We didn't really have that kind of curriculum in Florida mm -hmm. at the time. Um, but, yeah, I just I wanted to finish high school. Um, graduate with all my friends I grew up with and all that stuff. And so I did that and then went on tour in 91. I was 19 years old and been going ever since pretty much. Yeah, it's it's been going on um, for a long time and you've been not only going, but you've been going in a big way. Um, like I've watched surfing's whole like rules and um, judging system has changed dramatically. And mm. I think you've been a big part of a lot of it. Um, you want to share like what part, you know, your your input into um, surfing to make it the way it is now, where why and why it's beneficial. To... Yeah, well, I think all the surfers that come on tour, all the young guys, they, mm -hmm. there's a, I don't know if there's such an obligation early on, but I think it's important to get involved with your sport and understand. Obviously, you have to understand all the rules and reasons mm -hmm. that were made and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, so you know how to interact within the sport, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> also. Where is it going? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the really key important thing for younger surfers or younger mm -hmm. people in sports is to, to help guide the rules for surfing as the scoring. Mm -hmm. Because that's, you know, the guys who are, who are determining what good surfing is and what great surfing is, mm -hmm. those are the young guys that are coming up. They see what the future is mm -hmm. before it happens, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to get involved within those conversations early on 
um, to get too involved in all the politics and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. is like not important until you're kind of a little older. Uh, so, you know, formulating what your sport is mm -hmm. while you're in your career is important. And if you've waited too long, it's going to be too long and, mm -hmm. and it's somebody younger than you is going to kind of come and dictate what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a fine balance there. You don't want to get too involved because yeah. you want to focus on your, your sport. So mm -hmm. just, I've always, I've always tried to throw ideas to mm -hmm. the tour and mm -hmm. associations to, to improve what we're doing, to make it more visible or, mm -hmm. um, look, when our generation came along, what mm -hmm. we're now coined the momentum generation. Yeah. And when was that? Uh, that was, well, Taylor Steele started making movies of us in the late, mm -hmm. well, early nineties. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and his first movie was momentum and that had all those us guys in it. And so our generation really saw a, a pretty drastic difference from what the generation before mm -hmm. us was surf style, surf wise. That was really the time where it went, there was kind of a line in the sand. You either could do aerials or you couldn't. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, everyone does, you know, and everyone has to be able to, back then it was like, you were either kind of the old school power, carving tube rider um or you you were you were taking that and transitioning it to the air also so there was a there was important conversations for us going on then to to, to try to bring the judges up to speed with mm -hmm. where it was going and what it was and what the difficulty levels were and all that kind of stuff but yeah, yeah and that and that keeps evolving yeah and I've, I've watched that happen it's it's been really um really really awesome watching all that progression and knowing that you're having these conversations, you mm. know, like I, I remember too, like, um, and it doesn't surprise me that you, even if you're, you know, 11 time world champ and, um, is there anybody that has more titles than you world titles in sports? Oh, in sports. Um, yeah, yeah there are, there's, um, I don't know them all, but yeah, I mean, you, you look at someone like Phelps, those are, I don't know if you call each one a world title or not, but he won 20 something gold medals, oh. you know, um, but there's, there like Robbie Nash has 20 something in windsurfing and there's three or four different types of uh, titles they could win yeah. per year or events. Yeah. Um, well, and some, they're, yeah, they're, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I think you, I, I think with sports, you have to kind of compare apples to apples, you know, like, surfing to surfing and other sports to themselves mm -hmm. it's it's even uh, it, it's a lot more complex conversation to compare different sports than it is even like muhammad ali against mike tyson or mm -hmm. like that's in the same sport same weight class different generations mm -hmm. now you try to compare a, a sport to a different sport yeah. and a different weight class and yeah. a different generation and all these things it's 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 kind of a moot point really it's there's no uh, final say in those things. Yeah. It's it's easier with you know who ran the fastest ever, 100 meters, mm, right? Th that kind right. of thing. Or, well, there's yeah. brilliance in it, and I think <clears throat> that your brilliance isn't just in surfing and translating these things to to up our sport, you know. But it's also um, I remember, I don't know when it was, but um, you wrote there was a um, it was in surfer surfing, and you guys were talking about um, politics, and and you had written something about whoever was going our leader, um, our, our next president, or what you thought. And I just I remember reading it and going, "Wow, okay, that's coming from a, like, that's coming from your your mind and how you translate um, 
and and you know all that information you knew and then you and you put it it was on paper and it was really really amazing like so it it showed it showed me that there's this brilliance about you as well you know as you're you are world champion you have the skills and the talent to do that but you also have the mind you know um so how how does your mind maybe help i'm just you? opinionated <laughs> <laughs> well that could be too but i mean like i no, would i, I study i study a lot of things i think it's important you know i i didn't love school because i was a kid who wanted to get out of school and go surfing and play sports and do things at home with my friends you know but i thought it was important to be educated and it's funny because when i think about school and education something that mike stewart said um who's i think mike has like 10 world titles in bodyboarding um, but something that Mike said always rang true to me. He said, school's easy. If you can't finish school, then there's a lot of other things that are harder in life. You're not going to be able to finish. And it's, it always kind of rang true for me. I, cause Mike was like, even though he's a bodyboarder and bodyboarding and surfing are so displaced from each other at this point, Mike in the eighties was like a big surf star. You know, he was, he was getting double page spreads in surfing magazines, not bodyboard magazines. And, um, I always thought of him as like a revolutionary type surfer. I, I put him in my top three or five ever at Pipeline. Um, and, but he also has a really, uh, he's really intrigued and interested in a lot of different subjects. Like he likes to try and invent things and um, uh, not, not just within surfing. You know, I remember hearing he had this invention where it would take the wind power from all the cars driving by on the freeway and create no. energy, no. like things like that. Really? So he was always thinking kind of out of the box. Wow. And um, no one was thinking about that in the 80s or 90s, really, and, and let alone talking about it in surfing or in our world. So I think it's important to, to be as educated as you can be in every area you're interested in. Mm -hmm. and, and even in things you're not really that interested in. You know, history doesn't seem like something that a surfer would need, mm -hmm. but at some point in your life, you're going to find that it, it falls into a conversation that maybe you'd like to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that makes people more interested in who you are. Mm -hmm. So you never know the impact you have yeah. based on the, you know, the more knowledge you have about things, the more questions you ask, mm -hmm. I think the better you sort of fit into lots of different conversations in, in your life. Yeah. I mean, your world is big, you know, it's not just surfing, but I, you know, you have, friends all over the world and in uh, all kind of diverse, you know, um, you know, a lot sports. of sport and stuff. I'm, I'm super interested and, and very entrenched in golf, um, jujitsu, mm -hmm. mixed martial arts, um, music, mm -hmm. um, you know, all those things I'm really, I'm just super passionate about, mm -hmm. um, or, or love them as a fan, mm -hmm. um, whether I'm doing them myself or, or just watching. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, that excites me. It just, I, for whatever reason, those things appeal to me. And, and you wouldn't think that surfing and golf and jujitsu yeah. all kind of go together or mix martial arts, but there, uh, you know, there's, there are these through lines. There are these things that, that, um, relate from one to another somehow. Well, and what do you think it is? Like, what is one thing that could, you can, you find relation? You um, win? <laughs> no, just the challenge of, 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 um, understanding, the environment you know in surfing you're on a wave and when i ride a wave i'm sure it's different from what everyone else sees you know everyone's got their own impression of what they're looking at but you look for little bumps and sections and speed and blah blah and you're trying to figure out okay how do i create this pattern of of, of speed and and turns that all fits in 
to properly utilize this energy that's traveled thousands of miles. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, that's something spiritual. Wow. And that's something that, you know, you have to respect because the more you respect it, the more aware you are of what it's providing for you. Mm -hmm. um, Mark Cunningham was one of my sort of heroes, you know, mm -hmm. and he's oh, become nice. a very good friend of mine over the years. And I remember reading about Mark before we ever met each other and I was a little kid. And, oh, him and Jerry, the only two guys out of the Second Reef Pipeline, you know, mm -hmm. these kind of old um, legendary stories. And I got to become really good friends with, with Mark and I started body surfing a lot. Me and Keone Watson and Strider Wazaluski, we used to go out and body surf when it was like second reef pipe. We'd go to the end of the inside bowl and we would body surf with no fins. Mm -hmm. And um, especially in those big west swells with a lot of energy moving down the beach. And so we'd finish our body surf and we'd get swept all the way down towards Pupakea. And we'd come running up the beach and he'd come down. He was still lifeguarding a pipeline. And he'd come down and yell at us, what are you guys doing? Where's your fins at? You know? And I go, and he's like, why don't you guys ever wear fins? And I said, well, what are we going to do when we lose our board? Got to swim in. Wow. Got to be comfortable. He's like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. But one thing Mark always said to me, <clears throat> he liked He said he liked the way I surfed pipeline, not because of my tube riding or any of that. He said he liked that I didn't kick out after I passed the body surfers. He goes, it makes me, he goes, nothing makes me more frustrated than when I, when a surfer goes past me and just kicks out and doesn't ride the rest of the wave. He goes, I see you ride those waves all the way down to Aokai and, you know, you use all that energy and, you know, if, if I'm not going to get it, I want somebody to use it the oh, whole that's way. So interesting. And so when you, when you body surf, you know, I'll go out a pipeline and I can get sets, you know, I can, I'm up there in the pack and I get my waves or whatever. But when I go body surf, I'm instantly at the bottom of the pecking order, right? I'm instantly down. I'm like hitting the trash. <laughs> I wish I could and, see that. Yeah. I'd like and to see that. Actually. So I went out there. I went out there recently, and it was like a small day, and I was body surfing, and and uh, I was thinking, okay, like I'm on the shoulder from like the beginner body boarders, and like uh -huh. the, you know the, the waves are only like head high this day. And I'm thinking, man, I can't even get a wave. How frustrating is this? But I can go out a ten foot dead pipe and get a big barrel. And, um, so it, I want to see that. You know, I, I think sense. I think those kind of things are a good way to humble yeah. yourself, and and then you you respect the the ride you get, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, but Mark saying that to me when I was maybe twenty years old, it made me feel good because I was like, oh, one of my heroes mm -hmm. is kind of checking me out and seeing what I'm doing. But he also kind of taught me a lesson by saying nice. that. Nice. And I always keep that in mind, especially in those real west swells at Pipeline where the wave keeps going. Like I'm like, I'm not kicking out before the sandbar. <laughs> those are like the be best novelty waves out there. So. That is awesome. So, um, pipe is obviously one of your favorite waves. Yeah. Um, what do you, as far as when you're on the surfboard, why, why don't you kind of share with us what do you feel? You know, what are you feeling? What do I feel? Like, why is it your favorite wave, and what is that feeling? That it's uh, when I was a little kid. There's, I had a friend named Troy, and his dad had a surf shop up uh, about a, two blocks from my house. And we were on a surf team together when I was about 10, and he, he was a little older. But anyways, we used, to, we used to surf a lot together. I'd say at his house, and he had this poster on his wall of Pipeline. And I think it might have been Jackie Dunn. I'm not positive, but there was a goofy footer taken off on a wave at Pipeline. There was a wind blowing up the face, and it would have been like the first wave of the set because mm -hmm. it was real. You could see the ridges, ridges from the trade wind coming up the face. Mm -hmm. And... It's funny because I look at it now and the wave doesn't look scary at all. Hmm. But as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I'll ever ride a wave like that in my life. And so I fantasized about it for years and probably for 
three or four years before I ever went to Pipeline, I, of course, I had soaked up every surf magazine there was from the time I was probably, I probably really started re reading magazines when I was about seven, six or seven. But thinking about Pipeline and the reality that I'm going to go to Hawaii, I'm going to get to see Pipeline one day and having all that buildup inside as a little kid, just all the nerves. When I finally got here in 1984, the first day I got here, we, we landed at night. Matt Keckley picked my brother and I up and we asked him, we basically begged him, take, drive us to Pipeline. We want to go on the beach and look at Pipeline. And it was a full moon and Joey Brand had won the Pipe Masters that oh, day, wow. 1984. Yeah. And, uh, and we got to, like in the moonlight, you could see the wave. So the, the next morning, we first thing got up in the morning, we were just so excited to get down there. We come down to Pipeline and we're walking up the trail and Joey Brand's coming back from, from the beach. and. He stops and talks to us, and um, it was such a thrill for us, you know. Yeah. Wait, how guy, old were you? I was 12. 12. And I just, this guy just won the Pipe Masters, yeah. you know, and he's sitting there talking to us today. It was oh. so cool. We sat on the beach and watched the waves. But it was always, you know, pipelines are Mecca. Mm -hmm. And for all surfers, I think there's always the Chopos and the, the, the Mentawai Islands and the Point Breaks in Australia mm -hmm. or, you know, some big wave like Nazare or Jaws. But pipeline's the Mecca for surfers. It's mm -hmm. the... It's kind of, it, it, it's, there's a lot of bigger ways, but it's sort of the ultimate challenge because you can still ride deep in a barrel on a wave that can kill you. And so it's, it's sort of this like perfect blend of fun and, and fear. Yeah. And, um, uh, and it used to be thought it all, I think back in the sixties, it was probably fifties or sixties. It was probably thought of like the, the, that was like the unwritten realm. Like, can we ever do that? And now, um, it sort of needs to be a, a really good, exciting, perfect big day to be mm -hmm. that interesting mm -hmm. if you've mm -hmm. spent 30, 40 right. years in the right. water there. Right. But that challenge never stops. Yeah. You know, you still go out there with the butterflies in your stomach the first session or mm -hmm. any good big day. Pipeline's just kind of where it's at, you know. What, what's your worst, like, um, experience out there? Worst surfer? experience? Oh, uh, like, three-hour session not getting a wave oh. <laughs> that's the worst you'll take the beatings i'll take the beatings over that when you know? was that no i'm kidding I've, I've never not got a wave but okay. I've, I've gone i've definitely been out there that long and not got a good one yeah i had a couple i had that happen this winter a couple of times oh. it's so frustrating it's so fr it's so crowded now you yeah. know everyone wants their wave so yeah. it's doggy dog and it's just kind of the way it is mm -hmm. but um probably my scariest Probably the scariest thing that ever happened to me out there. I was 19. It was the first year I surfed the Triple Crown. And I, <clears throat> I was pounding for a wave, and Simon Law was next to me. He was an Australian guy that was on tour. You would have surfed against Simon back in the day, Tony. And uh, we were pounding for the wave, and, and I'm looking back at him, not looking down the line. I had already judged, like, I want this wave. And I could see, I think he was going to miss it. And he backs out and yells at me, go, you know. Called me a some kind Something of name, <laughs> go use something. And I just took off, I didn't even think, I just stood up and I, cause I had already thought like, there's a good one. And I stood up and I went, oh no. And I was like, I was already committed to this closeout. Uh, Maybe it was okay on the end, but I was way too deep. And it, and uh, I, was, I was a little too deep on the reef and stuff. And it, it was really dangerous wave. And the whole thing just compressed me and I hit my head on the water and it kind of knocked me out. And I went over, the, I remember going over the falls, my head kind of ringing, but I was like not really coherent. And I 
came down and hit the reef a couple times, just kind of like a really violent, violent wipeout. And I remember coming up just going, oh, man, I'm just glad I'm conscious. And my board was broken in half, and each half was broken in half, and two fins oh. were broken. Oh. And it was like a really crazy wipeout. And I, uh, it, seeing the board, you could tell how yeah. gnarly the wave was. So I ran up the beach, and my brother was caddying for me. And he hands me a board. He's like, yeah, don't do that again. What do you? I'm like, you think I want to do that? <laughs> and uh, but it was, it's, it's also clearly etched in my mind. I remember pulling and I can see the shape of the wave and the intensity of it and everything. And that's kind of, that's just what pipeline does to you. I can, if I had a video of every wave I've ever caught out there, I might remember almost all of them, you know, or like really? 90% of them. Yeah. Just do, do you learn how to fall better? Like, I mean, yeah. that was obviously, yeah, yeah. if that's your 19 and that was your worst white bot and you've been yeah. surfing that for decades. So like, yeah, you, you totally to learn how to fall better. You learn which ones you need to dive off and dive down inside the face. Mm -hmm. Other ones you can ride out and fall deep in the tube, but mm -hmm. it just depends on the shape and the speed you have and all that kind of stuff. But you, you start to understand where all that energy is going, and it really is like a tornado or a hurricane. Like mm -hmm. the eye wall is the intense part, and everything out beyond that is like mm -hmm. sort of getting safer and safer. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're not in the beginning of where the lip's pitching, you're mm -hmm. generally okay. Like if that lip lands and you fall in the face there and get sucked over, you, Generally, you're going to be okay because a lot of the energy is used. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think understanding how to fall is really, really, really important. And um, Tony, I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you take off and ride switch foot, when, <laughs> when I fall, when I go switch foot and I fall, I have terrible wipeouts because I don't know how to make my body move the other way. I know how to lead with this shoulder and dive that way. It's really, it's really a, I think it's a, a really. Um, highly tuned skill you learn is how to wipe out mm -hmm. and how to swim in that energy um, based on what you've done forever. But yeah. I think that's, I think that's helped me not get hurt so much because mm -hmm. I, I just, sometimes you got to be right where the intense part is and you know that as long as you're right next to it, you're going to be kind of safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing at pipeline is when, a, if a wave breaks right in front of you, mm -hmm. just stay on the surface. I don't try to dive under cause that you're going to meet that energy going down, you know? So sometimes I just stay on the surface and I go pop right over the wave. Oh. And that energy is, there's a, there's a small space where the energy, where the, the, the intensity of the wave is, is super dangerous. Mm -hmm. But that means that the spot just near that is going to be pretty safe, really? relatively. Yeah, because oh. Pipeline uses a lot of his energy in the initial break. So mm -hmm. you can be 20 yards in and be fine. Mm -hmm. So what is that feeling like when you get the barrel? Like, you know, I mean, I've seen you catch. Well, you tell resilient. me, Sir French lady. Well, we haven't. We just listen to talk about that yet because we're going to talk about it. The last thing I have that on my list. Wait for the last stories. That's good. Uh, I blew the cover. You did. <laughs> you can edit okay, that. So, edit out her hitting me too. So, um, so tell us, people that maybe got barreled once in their life yeah. or none. Um, what it's like. Why do you guys chase after that? I mean, every surfer wants yeah. a barrel. Why? I, I don't know. I guess yeah, you could make a really uh, great argument that that surfing itself, but specifically big barrels or a barrel is a drug, you know, mm -hmm. and it's something you just can't get enough of. Mm -hmm. And um, luckily it's healthy. Well, what do you, you feel know? though? Why, why is it that? Like, why it, is it that? I, I, it just alerts all your senses especially your visuals mm -hmm. but you, everything seems to slow down because you become so aware of what's mm -hmm. happening around you and i think there's some euphoric thing in that that can't be replicated mm -hmm. any other way mm -hmm. like literally nothing else 
can can make you feel like that does and um yeah i i somebody asked me about that recently and i said i wonder you know my buddies drew and johnny i grew up with that don't surf i'm like i wonder if they ever feel that in their whole lifetime you know like oh, that feeling. catching a football like serving an ace at tennis or what you know things they do mm-hmm. um there's no way those things feel as good it's just mm-hmm. there's something about surfing and just being part of what's going on mm-hmm. in in the elements that mm-hmm. is um irreplaceable with anything else because it's just that little moment that one little moment you know <clears throat> that whole time you're out there mm-hmm. waiting and yeah. waiting for that one yeah. little moment really yeah yeah it could be hours and then you get a five second long ride that's like you remember your and whole life stoked. yeah yeah so um, before we go on to um, more personal issues here. Um, oh, we're I, going there, huh? Yeah, we're going. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Personal issues. Not personal <laughs> issues. Personal, like, you know, me and you friendship um, experiences, yes. you know, right? So, um, but you have, um, you, you have your hands in a lot of things. You know, one of it is outer known and it's, um, you know, you, it's, um, can you share with us why you did that and what's important with how, how you built your brand mm-hmm. and what that brand, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was sponsored for 30 years by mm-hmm. clothing companies mm-hmm. and made my living from that mm-hmm. and started to realize I didn't know much about the whole mm-hmm. process, the supply chain and who was making the clothes and the factories we use and where the textiles come from and the effect on the environment. I didn't know all these things. And as Twitter and social media became a thing in the, late 2000s, around 2010, I was really active in reading a lot of um, accounts that were talking about this kind of stuff and like slave labor specifically. And I wanted, it's funny because I'm not crazy passionate about clothing. Like mm-hmm. I don't care. I wear a t-shirt and shorts, you know, that's my thing. I don't like, I just want to stay no slippers and I don't even have <coughs> slippers today. <laughs> no, I'm actually making some right now. I'm, I'm sort of passionate about slippers. It's just funny. <laughs> But clothing specifically, I'm not super passionate about, but I'm passionate about the, the industry and about, about um, more about this process. Mm. Um, so to me, the important thing when making Outer Known was that uh, we have a thing called For People and Planet. And so for me, the um, social compliance, like taking care of the factory workers, making sure mm. that they have a clean, healthy place to work. Mm. Um, they work the right amount of hours. They have a living wage. Mm. Um, all those things were, that was, to me, that was the focal point for creating a company. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a, a specific person at Outer Known. Um, it's a new person now, but when we started, um, a woman would go to every single factory we work with around the world and make sure that not only was it on paper, but she saw what the conditions were like. Wow. I mean, there's just things you you don't learn about mm-hmm. clothing, like the fact that some people will be basically held hostage to work 16 hour days. Mm-hmm. They don't, they rarely get like a bathroom break or it's not a clean work environment or it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll take their passport so that they could never leave the workplace, that kind of thing. It, really? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of wild when you start to learn mm-hmm. and see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. So to me that when I started to learn those things, uh, that became the most important thing for me. Wow. And then, um, you know, I would say basically in line with that was the the environmental impact of um, doing clothing. And um, there's, there's a, there's a crazy statistic. I don't know offhand, but if you, if you heard how much waste from the clothing 
industries goes into landfills like every single minute. It's like the size of a football field every minute, nonstop forever. Is always going into landfills. It's it's an astounding amount of waste that gets created. So those are things that we wanted to address. Um, no, the world doesn't necessarily need another clothing company, but if the clothing company does it better and takes some of that pie away from the other ones, then yeah, it's probably a good thing. I think I remember, um, was it in Bali where the way all the rubbish and yeah. everything was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I spent I spent a few weeks with your son over there, mm -hmm. Josh over in, in Bali this year. We went over to uh, Sumbawa together. Nice. And, and um, yeah, we, we surfed a lot together. That's um, so awesome. Went to Lakey Peak and stayed together in, at Uluwatu and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the garbage situation in Bali is a real, real thing. Luckily, it's starting to get some visibility. Mm -hmm. And some people, there's a there's an Instagram account I've been following. Um, I should get you that so we can link it. But they've been doing some really great cleanups in the nice. rivers and, nice. and um, beaches and stuff over there. Mm -hmm. Like amazing stuff they've been doing. Nice. Okay, so well, let's just turn this corner to um, um, one thing personally. Like I feel like um, that I experience from you as a friend you know like we, we have you've always since I've known you you've always been very respectful to us to Tony um you've had a lot of respect to Tony always um you know we didn't get to hang out and do you know do, do a lot together but we always felt you know great respect for one another um but one time um probably about 10 years ago um we were living in the North Shore and you know a lot of things happened in the North Shore and um you know, you were concerned because of some things you were hearing about mm -hmm. my family, you know, my kids getting into some trouble or if it was them or if it wasn't. And um, I guess the word was, you know, there was talk around it, but um, but you came to our house and kind of just like uh, like a good friend, you know, um, out of your concern and love for us. And you said, hey, this is what I'm hearing, you know, and. I think that day my whole perception of you changed because um, like a good friend, a person that really is a good friend, um, isn't just there for you when things are good, but they're, they're there when they're concerned, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I just, um, that moment really ch changed my whole perception of you personally, because I felt like um, you weren't, it was not easy for you to come. I know that you probably had to contemplate that moment to come and um, express your concern, and um, but you did. And mm -hmm. like we, we, my husband and I really um, valued that a lot. Yeah. You know, we got to talk it through and um, you know make things clear. But but even in the questions, um, I felt so. Um, I really felt like you 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 would you protected us. You know and. And, and and did the hard thing as a friend, you know? So I just wanted to, you know, and I've thanked you before, but that's always something that um, will always stay in my heart, mm. you know? So thanks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was really special. I remember being in my car calling Tony. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wanna have this conversation. And I was like, man, this is like, that's kind of thing can backfire, you know, because if you, Cause like you said, like I've known you guys a long time, but we're not super close, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't have dinners all the time and stuff. We've always been closer since, but like, we have. <laughs> you know, like I think there's an unspoken thing. Like yes. we could be in each other's houses anytime. Totally. Like, it would be, yeah. It would be great. But um, 
I remember thinking, oh man, you don't touch someone's family, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, obviously like, like I've, I've always had such respect for Tony since I was a little kid and I love you guys. So it was sort of an easy decision for me, even though I was like, oh, this could backfire, you know? Cause like, mm-hmm. you, you never mess with somebody's kids or something. Yeah. And, but if you care about them, you do, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. for the right reasons. Yeah. But that was all, it was just a concern and yeah. something I wanted you guys to, to know about and I mm-hmm. thought that was a responsible thing for me mm-hmm. yeah you know I think I, I I felt like I owed that you know yeah so yeah um and I appreciated but that. I you know I think it was um you know it, it was obviously made us a bit closer mm-hmm. and and uh I don't think it was any anything bad whatsoever mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, that was awesome though yeah. but that's that's one thing about the surfing community that I feel um I always like appreciated is like you know, in the surfing community, you might have your little wars, yeah. you know, but we, we, we protect each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like we protect each hey, other. I think about that a lot with me and Andy, you know, <laughs> yes. it's like, it's, it's such a small world, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of crossover, very good friends. Yes. And we were like such different people. Andy and I, and we had, you know, like Shane Doran's like one of my very best friends in this world, but he was very close with Andy. And, and, uh, it, you know, at times it was weird. I'm like, Gosh, we're so different. How can people that are that like me like him or like him uh-huh, like me? Uh-huh. And um, but you know, it's just that it's just that uh, everyone sees a different side to people than you do. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we for for self protection or um, whatever, you you see something a certain way mm-hmm. and and read it a certain way. And uh, I look back now and I see things a lot differently than I did then. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So speaking of surf and barrels and all that stuff, well, one of my dreams, okay, like, so I'm a surfer, you know, right? I know how to surf. Waikiki kinda. shredder. I'm a Waikiki shredder for a good reason. And by the way, look at this waves. This, this is a magical surf. Oh, it's surf. barreling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you come here, you come here once in a while, right? When, yeah. after tour? Yeah. 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 Yeah, why? To Waikiki? Yeah. Oh, it's fun, you know? Yeah. To me, this is the birthplace of surfing. This mm-hmm. is the, the original, all the pipelines like our Mecca, this is mm-hmm. like, uh, um, what would you call this? I don't know. It's um, Jerusalem for surfers or something, Aww. you know? It's like, oh, it's Jerusalem for surfers. Well, I don't know, Diamond Head, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> that, it's that image yeah. you think of when you think of the, the earliest um, depictions of surfing. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, the kings, the Hawaiian kings back in the day, and and um, you know before there were buildings and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I I often think like, well, how how interesting would it have been if there was never just the buildings in front of Diamond Head? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we should be talking about that or whatever, but you know, <laughs> it's it's because it's such a it's such a um, it's visually such a mm-hmm. such an incredible mm-hmm. place you could never mistake it for somewhere else. No. And you don't have to be a surfer to know that. But yeah. then, uh, you know, you see the history and the lineage mm-hmm. um, of all the surfing uh, mm-hmm. from hundreds of years ago to mm-hmm. now. And, and Diamond Head in the background is kind of what you picture. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I but I like to come out here. Some, I mean, you know, sometimes it's not so pure. One time we came out here for a friend's bachelor party and we were drinking alcohol while surfing waves. <laughs> but, and taking, this is actually funny, it was Shane Dorian's uh, bachelor party. And so we decided, Shane, you keep on coming up in we this decided to have a few drinks while we served okay. and 
a couple of us had disposable cameras and we forget so we kept trading this but when we had the old kodaks before yeah. there were gopros yeah, yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so we took a picture of all this like 10 of us on a wave and just laughing and everything and we came up and and uh we were in the showers and we were all just laughing we put the camera down and we just left we left the we lost the camera oh and somebody took it and developed it and knew us and got it back to no us way. yeah and so we ended oh, up getting these pictures so from cool. shane's bachelor party but it was really cool because <laughs> it, was, it was just like an afternoon thing we did um but it was so funny. Oh, We're just running each other over at, cool. at Queens over here. That's sweet. That's good. <laughs> That's pretty pure, I guess. Yeah. A couple beers doesn't yeah. matter. No. <laughs> we, we, we don't suggest you do that, though. <laughs> so um, from the, nat the the most beautiful natural place in the world to something quite not real. I mean, you, man-made, you know, your wave pool. Yeah. Like the opposite um, of Like the opposite, right, here, yeah. right? In the middle of the desert. Right? Cow fields, yeah cow fields yeah so you you have um i mean and i'm sure you're you were I, I could just imagine you like in the middle of like wanting to create this and then your brain going and thinking like how would we do it like what would we do and get like talking to all these engineers and yeah. figuring all that like that seems like you're that that must have been a really happy place for you yeah i mean i think you know you love something when you really like you can't sleep at night yeah you know and uh, that's how this, the, mm -hmm. well, surf ranch specifically, but just making waves mm -hmm. uh, in general was for me for so long. Um, we obviously understand the, the equation now, but mm -hmm. trying to figure that equation out, you know, it's like back engineering what we want back into how we do it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we spent a lot of time talking to scientists mm -hmm. and sort of the, and their, their students and researchers uh, from USC for a long time. And basically, I, I basically sat down with the, the three head wave scientists at USC and, um, and just said, here's what we're trying to do. This is what we want to create. This is kind of the type of wave we want to have. Do you guys have any idea how we do that? Mm -hmm. And so they sat there and talked about it for a while. And the, 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 the two oldest guys, they were... I believe in the late 70s, early 80s, and they sat there and they, they were kind of wow. humming and hawing about it. And they were, they had differing views on it. No, this is how you do it. No, this is how you do it. And then they, they finally came to an agreement. Okay, well, those are Kelvin subcritical waves and here's how you make a soliton. And they oh got gosh. all this sort of scientific talk. But um, that was really fun to see a problem that we had being brought to people who understood mm. how to decipher it. And, um, and solve the equation, you know? And they weren't surfers, of, right? They weren't surfers, they weren't no. Surfers. And and the scientist we have working for us now, who was one of those, he was the youngest of the oh. of the, the professors there. Um, uh, he was probably in his late 30s or 40 mm -hmm. years old or something when we started this. And, um, it, and it was that sort of goodwill hunting moment where there's mm -hmm. the equation on the on the chalkboard and somebody's got to figure it out and mm -hmm. these guys figured it out for That's us. So it was cool. really cool. And, I mean, I get a lot of credit for, uh, oh, you made this wave, but you know, the truth is mm -hmm. the, the devil's in the details and, you know, I didn't come up with that equation. Mm -hmm. I just knew what I wanted and they knew how to make it. Yeah. So it was, you know, as a surfer, anyone can go, I want this wave. It looked, it looks like the super bank in Australia mm -hmm. and it breaks in this shallow water, <laughs> but to make the swell that hits that thing is a whole different thing that, yeah. you know, is out of, out of my league. Yeah. And, um, uh, but luckily we're, uh, uh, I, and when I, when I embarked on that, I didn't think that 
I can fit, do this, but mm -hmm. I thought I have the networking to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's why I felt not a responsibility to anyone else, but just like to myself, I had this idea and I think I can make it and um, I can sell this vision to the right people. Mm -hmm. And then when they see that, they'll agree that it's valuable mm -hmm. and, it, it, and it's going to be super fun so and, fun. Um, and it, it, valuable meaning like worthy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's been, uh, it's been amazing to, to be able to take friends there mm -hmm. like yourself and you get a request and somebody goes, Hey, I want to get barreled, you know, and yeah. you got barreled. And well, I never got, I've surfed <laughs> since I was 20. So that was like, what, 10 years. But anyways, yeah, I like, surfed since so I was 20. Five years? Yeah, yeah, just five years. <laughs> but I've been surfing for a while and um, I've never gotten barreled. I got close. Like the only close I got was right here at Queens. And Tony was behind me and he was like, pull in, pull in. And I was just like, but I, I heard it you right. Close your eyes, huh? No, no, I, I don't know. Maybe I did, but I heard it right behind me. I know it wasn't even here. I knew it was here, but I could almost feel that, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like this. But I didn't get barreled. So I've always wanted to get barreled. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm getting older. I'm gonna get more scared to like get guts in, you know, like even know how to pull in because I surf like way out there instead of back here. And so I was like, when when I <laughs> when I saw that barrel, I was like. It's like I could study it. So I did. I told yeah. you, I studied yeah, yeah. it. I studied it. And I'm watching. I'm like, okay, here, okay, there. I go, ooh, I, was like, I think I could do it because it's the same thing. I don't have to like feel yeah. whatever. It's yeah. like I just can study it. So I was like, oh, yo, I really want to go. It's my dream to get barreled before I die. You know, so I uh. shared with them, it's my dream. <laughs> so we get the call one day and I'm like, yes. And it happened to be the um, contest, right? Yeah. Was right. Before? Before? Was right it a contest? Right oh, no. Was it, it, was in, it was in September that we went, wasn't it? Oh, I know. It was Two a practice ago? section. session. Maybe, Seth yeah. had a practice. My son is on Around tour that same with, time, yeah. Yeah, with Kelly. And um, there was a practice session. And then Kelly invited us to his day. So not only did we get to go, but we got to go with when you were there. It was so fun. Yeah, I get a certain number of days every right? year. So it, it, those are fun because I, I have this, like, laundry list that I still, I don't think I'll Newport ever get thing, through. Yeah. But it. Um, you know, and like, I want to bring enough people that everyone can get through, but then I want to bring few enough people to where everyone can like, if they're nervous, like some people might be because they've looked at the barrel so many times beforehand. Um, so they can do it over and over, you know, you yeah. get enough surfing to where you feel like I had a good time. Mm -hmm. I didn't, oh, I didn't get enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want that. So if you, if, if you take, if I take 15 people or 20 people with me, like no one's going to feel like they quite got enough. Yeah. So I like to bring about eight or 10 people and just, yeah. um, and, and I always take a couple of people who've been because they don't need as much. Mm. You know what I mean? I got coached by Raymana the day before. I don't know if you noticed. He showed me the thing. But he wasn't there that day But um, that we went out. But he did kind of coach me through it. Where to, you know, where what's doing what. Showed me the reef and mm -hmm. everything. And so I practiced by the bar. You know the bar in my hotel room? I was like, I was like, Bending down because it's kind of an awkward situation. You don't want to look like you're like squatting, like sumo squat. So I'm like, does this, this look cool? You know, oh, like, you're, right. you're evolving your yeah. barrel riding before you're doing it. Yeah, I had to, right? <laughs> I had to feel it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be bent down there and I wouldn't get up. So I was like practicing muscle memory. And then, so we went out, but I got I got scared. Like, there's a lot of power. I mean, it was I was very surprised how much power was in the water, yeah, yeah. you know, because I got to go in the water um just to experience going under a wave and stuff and i was just like whoo and then you have the chains and that thing that that moat thing that pushes the wave so uh, so much is going on and i was just like this is a lot for me this is like my this is a lot 
a yeah. lot for me. Yeah. And so I wrote all the baby, the Waikiki ways. That was like, when you pay attention to, to the foil. Yeah, the foil. When you pay attention to that, that's almost like if you were out surfing waves and you're still paying attention to the storm that made the waves. <laughs> you know up. what I mean? Like, like you get distracted, but well, it's, it's a different environment. And you, it's, it's such a, it's such a strange foreign environment. So, you, it, it, you know, imagine, uh, I don't know. It's, it, well, it's some people get distracted by it. Joel Parkinson, when he came, was totally nervous and distracted. Really? And for like half the day, he couldn't oh, figure it out, you know? And he, huh. one of the best surfers of all time. And right. I kept going, dude, what is wrong with you? What is, what's going on here? He's like, oh, mate, I'm just so nervous every time <laughs> the thing starts coming. Yeah. And he couldn't get his mind out of that. Right. He kept focusing on the wrong oh. thing. And then when he, once he loosened up, and uh, he started surfing good, but Aww. you know, for, but Mick Fanning, on the other hand, had it from the first wave. Really? Yeah, just Interesting. didn't think twice, and Mick had it. Huh. So, but you know, different people. Same with Steph Gilmore. Her first wave, she flew from Africa, got there first wave. She hadn't slept in like two days. Got there first wave, got barreled for like thirty seconds. Oh, wow. It was on the old iteration of the wave uh. when it was a barrel the whole way. And uh, so some people can get it right away, and mm -hmm. then some people doesn't matter the level. You know, mm -hmm. there've been beginners that. Like the guy who works, who owns the, the who owned the lake next to us, mm -hmm. the wakeboard park, mm -hmm. um, or ski lake. He had never surfed in his life. Got up and rode his first wave the whole length of the wave. What? Yeah. Really? Never had surfed in his life. So the Waikiki just, wave. He wasn't. He didn't have this idea in his mind about what he wanted to do. He's just like, okay, I'm up, and he, he's riding the wave, and he looks at us and goes, I know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so wow. it doesn't matter Nothing the level clouded. or anything. It just uh, you know, it's different things either. Um, I don't know, certain things about it can distract or make people nervous. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a lot going on there that's not normal that, you know, and I'm already like It's normal kinda... now. <laughs> yeah, I still can, I can feel it. Like I'm getting all like sweaty. Tammy wants to go thing. back. Yeah, you know what I mean? I know well, she's had this conversation. I want the Waikiki key wave. I want to do that over and over <laughs> again. But so this wave, you only get, I mean, I probably had. You know, if, probably... if, if, if Josh gets on tour also, then you got two sons that can give you waves on their practice days. They ain't gonna no give me pressure, no waves. No pressure, Seth and Josh. They're but. not gonna give me no waves. <laughs> They're gonna take it all. But so I got, I when I went there, you get to choose, like there's is it three couple, waves. Yeah, there's like three kind of waves, right? So the first, the wave, one wave is kind of like, I call it a Waikiki wave. I don't know what do you like guys call it. Like a Malibu wave. A Malibu wave. Yeah, kind of just rolls. Just rolls, barrel. Waikiki. So it's a Waikiki wave. And then you have the CT2 and the CT3. CT? Is it called? Yeah, yeah. the WCT, like the, a championship tour wave. Some, yeah, so then some of them barreled at certain places, right? Well, I got there and I'm like, ooh, that looks a little too big for mama. So I'm like, I'll just take the the small one. So I, I caught that like probably, I did three waves, I think, or so. So I was like happy. I'm like, you know what? I don't even need to get barreled. Yeah, really? Like, that's cool. You can fly like, all the way back yeah, home to yeah, Hawaii I without getting it too. I know, with it. You know why? Because what's so special about the surf ranch to me, I... You know, there were 10 of us, maybe eight or 10 of us yep. there. And it was mostly all your friends, a couple of my friends too. But we are best friends now because of that. Like, it was so fun. The bonding, yeah. The bonding that happens there is yeah. like not anything like it because yeah. it's not anything like it. It's you, funny. I love hearing who's there. Like, Kalani Robs there today. Strider Wasilewski, I think it was just there a couple of days ago. Um, Pat Towersy, Punker Pat, if you know him. Aww. He's there today with Kalani. And... Ben Gravy was there yesterday, I think. Aww. So like, I always like, I love hearing because I don't hear from them because it's like it's 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 its own thing now, you know that mm -hmm. people are doing, and I don't know most of the time. I sort of find out by social media. Uh -huh. like, oh, so and so's there. So and so's uh -huh. there. Somebody might tag me, but um, Donovan Frankenrider went with his family, and um, 
he texts me after. He goes, Kelly, it was the best day of my life with my family. And, like, nothing better can be no said No way. Than yes, yeah. I, I agree. Like, yeah. like, I would definitely agree that would be the yeah. best day of, of my, of our, you know, like, when you get to do it with friends. It's such a bonding experience. Yeah. Like, I the, still. The number of times I've heard that has been astounding. Of course. We, I had a certain, um, I had a, a, a certain actor friend went one time, and I wasn't there. But they FaceTimed me after, and he, and, uh, and he goes, he goes, uh, best day of my life, no matter what. He goes, I don't care if you tell my wife. It's better than my wedding day, <laughs> better than the kid day the kids are born. I was, I was like, whoa, dude, slow down. It's all good. I get it. You had fun. <laughs> but, you know, people yeah, just get fun. so caught up in yes. what it is. And, yeah. and um, yeah. you know, I, I think there's only one downside to it for me, and that's that it's three or four minutes, three and a half minutes between waves. Yeah. And so there's, we can't just get a high volume of people mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. But the other side of that is that each wave is a bit more special. And Absolutely. the ride's 45 seconds long. Mm -hmm. Like, there's probably not going to be another man-made wave in the world mm -hmm. that's ever that long. Yeah. It's just kind of overkill. You know, yeah. I think 15 seconds is probably 20 seconds max is all you need. Mm -hmm. But we had this big lake and yes. we had all that water and, and everything that we, we had access to. So yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a minute that. long from the paddling because like, I know. Yeah. I well, have if we run the Waikiki wave and you stand up on the very first second and you ride to yeah. the far end on the right, mm -hmm. it's a minute and a half. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't go all that far because I kind of like, it kind of slipped out. I mean, but I did. So the end, I did. So I'm, I'm so satisfied. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to get barreled. I had so much fun. This is amazing. I feel so comfortable. I'm not freaked out and scared. And then, you know, I'm sitting there and then you left. You went to go eat or drink something and you came back and you're like, okay, Tommy, you ready? I'm like, yes, yes, I'm ready. I'm not ready. But just because he said, I'm like, I can't say, no, I'm not going to do it now. when it's like, we're already, we're all, you know, all the way there. So I should have um, just had like the video of Tony, like pulling in a close out barrel at YMA already. Like, it's not like this, Tammy. <laughs> it's just like this. <laughs> I just, it felt like that. It felt like that. So I, you know, so I got the privilege and to actually be coached by Kelly. So he goes, okay, I'm going to catch it. And then you're going to catch it and you're going to ride together, ride it together. Behind. I'll be behind. Yeah. So he was riding behind me and he was coaching me. You were coaching me the whole time. And I hope we have a minute so that you can. I know. She's like, can, shut up. I got this. No, I no. didn't. I'm like, I, I, I'm a good student. So I listen to my masa. So I'm going and he's telling me, okay, you know. He's like, you're going to, um, while he's like behind me, I can feel his, you know, like I'm just going and he's just like right behind my head and he's talking to me at the same time. And he's like, okay, we're going to come here. You're going to, when I tell you it's bent, drop low, drop low. You're going to drop low. Keep your line. Yeah. Keep, keep your line. And that's a so, that's so good. Like, oh, I was spoken to by that. Drop low, um, keep your line and just, just stay there. Stay on the bottom. Right. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm like, okay. So he, he says, okay, here it comes, here it comes. And you were going to pull me. You said you were going to like, like go like this or something. Slow you down. Slow you down you but he didn't. Yeah. I did it all by myself. So <laughs> he just said, go, you know, go low. And I'm going, and in my mind, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm hearing you. Like you are like God. I mean, I'm super obedient. So I'm like, <sighs> and I got there and I felt it. Like it is the most insane um, feeling to, for me, a barrel, not at pipe, but at your your ranch, is almost like a moment where everything stops. You know, like it just goes. Yeah. Oh, it breathes. That slow motion and, thing. Yeah. And it just stops everything mm -hmm. for a second. 
yeah. <laughs> and then it's over and then i'm so happy and then that was awesome and we had a beautiful day and you know i still like have i still um dm some of your our friends that were there oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's so fun it's so good so <laughs> anyways we took a long time i knew it was going to it's it's like four i'll say i look i've gotten kalani barreled on this I a couple know. times right so i i learned going doubles instead of having her up on the nose in front of me have her stand between my feet and we're turning we can i can turn sharper and more have more control so and also like instead of me being in the tube and her being in the pocket, like we can both be in the barrel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you're on like an eight foot four. Or yeah. ten. I mean, she and I can ride like a seven two together. Really? Yeah. And, well, she's um, so tiny too. Yeah. Yeah. But so now we're like one unit turning as opposed to two units uh. doing a long stretch out turn. Because if I make a little mistake and set the tube up wrong, then I'll outrun it real quick or whatever. Uh -huh. But with her as part of my weight, I can stall better nice. and have more control. More control. Yeah. So she and I got an, a, a couple nice barrels. We've had some wipeouts too. You know, I told her, I said, listen, you have to pay the piper too. If we, if we want to get barreled and, and, and get that feeling, uh -huh. like you got to risk having a bad wipeout board might hit us or we might hit the bottom. Did she think that or is she okay? No, she was, she was, she trusted me and Aww. she was just like, oh, whatever, I'll just hold my breath and just wait until you lift me up. And one time we had this wipeout uh -huh. in the middle section. Yeah. We just read the wave wrong whatever i didn't get her up quick enough and we fell and we got sucked over the fall like this and as we're going up and over the lip i found her arm and i just pulled her like to me but if not and and the board hit us too like the board wow. hit both of us and then i thought i lost her and you know you, you actually it's really strange how long the wave can hold you down yeah sometimes. that's what everyone says and you can hit the bottom really hard yeah and um so I grabbed her and and we got held down a long time, but I hit my elbow really hard uh, on the bottom and I didn't want to let her. protected her. Yeah, I didn't want to let her know. I like I was like, oh, I think I actually got hurt. <laughs> but uh, I was like so freaked out when we came up. And I'm like, Are you okay? She's like, Yeah, I'm fine. What do you mean? And I'm like, I just yeah, got go smashed. Like, <laughs> that's what is it? Was that no. the one? Because I remember you posted one day. You guys were so deep yeah, we and totally you were there got, so yeah, long. And I'm like, Did you make it? Day, yeah. And you're like, Bro, we ate it. Right? Uh, we had some wipeouts too. Yeah. Yeah. But we made one kind of fun and then I was like we can get deeper so we went and the one she posted was the one we got a little deeper yeah on. and she was like oh my god I saw it I like oh, looked up and around and I saw a lip so over here awesome. and, yeah so, so it's it's a it's a foreign it's definitely a foreign thing for people but she knows surfing well enough she surfed throughout her whole life to where mm -hmm. she she understood the fun in it if you did that with somebody who's never been barreled they might not understand yeah. how difficult how that hard it's it like is. getting a yeah. hole in one the first time you play golf yeah, like, yeah. You know, I've been playing for 30 years now, and I, I, I got one about a 70-yard hole. I don't oh. even consider it a hole-in-one. <laughs> but no, and all those ones I'm trying, it never happens. Uh. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it is something that's it's good. It doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. um, you got to go search for it, you know? Yeah. We search the world for tubes. Yes. And, um, that's what makes them so special, too. Yeah, that's so good. Well, you're special, special friend. Thanks Love for you. joining us. Love you, too. And... We are here at Service and Residence. We are in Boyiki. And this is Kelsey. Catch you next month.